word says that there is a devil, he's real, he's powerful, and he doesn't like you, and he wants to destroy you. It's not a game. It's not a figment of your imagination. It's not some symbolic being. In fact, John chapter 10, verse 10 says, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And you say, well, from what or from who? He's coming to destroy you. He's coming to steal from you. What is he going to destroy? He's going to destroy your family if you're not careful. And last week we looked at the the nature of Satan. And I don't want to to overemphasize this, but he's a liar. He steals God's word. He blinds us. He hinders us. And he wants to divide us as individuals and certainly the body of Christ. And you can see Satan's effect all around if you are perceptive. And even if you don't notice it, it doesn't mean that it doesn't exist because God's word says it does. Ignorance is no defense. Pretending it's not true does not make it go away. Now, this summer, I don't want us to be preoccupied with these crazy thoughts that the devil's real and he's out to get us. We don't want to be preoccupied and fearful, but we do want to be aware and to be ready. Last week, we talked about being aware that there's a fight on our hands, that marriages, especially if you want to honor God in your marriage, marriages will come under attack. You wonder why it's hard to communicate sometimes? Because the devil wants to destroy your communication in your home. You wonder why marriages, uh, you know, sometimes it's like you you can't get along. Well, the enemy would love nothing more than to tear your marriages apart in my marriage as well. When it comes to families, moms and dads getting along, you know, and then how many of, of us have teenagers or close to it? <laughs> you know, it, those teenage years, sometimes it's more than meets the eye. Those heated arguments, you know, sometimes grounding isn't just going to do it. We need to pray through and ask God for his help in these things. There's a fight on our hands, whether it's in our finances or at our job or with our health or with temptation. And the result of these types of things without God's strength is that our lives will become broken pieces. And so we've got to be aware. And last week we talked about being aware. This week I want to talk about that we need to be ready. We're not fearful. We're not paralyzed. We don't want to downplay but we want you to know that you don't choose to be in a battle, but you can choose to win. And so we need to stand firm. And if God is for you, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Amen? Do you believe that? Well, I want you to stand with me, and I want us to look at Ephesians chapter 6. We're going to read from God's word here. I want to encourage you. I gave you an assignment last uh last sunday to read the book of ephesians let it be a blessing to you there's so much that's great in ephesians leading up to the final thoughts that we're going to focus on for the summer but listen to what it says in ephesians chapter 6 starting in verse 10 it says finally as he's wrapping up and to know what that means you got to read all of ephesians it says finally be strong in the lord and in his mighty power Remember that what we talked about last week is that we need to put ourselves in a position for God to strengthen us. 
It's not by might nor by power, but it's by his spirit that we are strengthened. So finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Verse 11, put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. Let me just pause there for a moment as I was praying over these scriptures. And I just had this, this memory of the very first time I played paintball. How many, has anyone ever played paintball? Or is it, is it you play paintball? Is that what you do? <laughs> I was thinking about that. I'm like, that doesn't sound right. But anyway, you go out and you shoot people with paintballs, right? The first time I went, I went completely unprepared. Shorts, t-shirt, tennis shoes. And if you've ever played paintball, you know the pain that I endured. It hurts! <laughs> but I've played since, and you wear as many layers as you possibly can bear, <laughs> And then you're like, yeah, go ahead, shoot me. It doesn't matter, right? But listen, it says there, it says put on the full armor of God to be prepared. And that's what we're going to talk about this morning, to be prepared against the devil's schemes. Now, verse 12, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Believe it. God's word says it's true. There, are, there is this force out there of evil. And then verse 13 recaps, says, Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when, we, that when the day of evil comes, you will be able to stand your ground, and after you have done everything, to stand. There's an urgency to put on the full armor of God. As Christians, listen to this. You are in a game, like paintball, okay? And we are not to shrink back but we are to put on the armor of God so we can say, look, I don't know what I will face, but I am protected and I will win. I want you to say that to me. Say, I don't know, I don't know. what I will face, I will face. But, I am protected. but I am protected. And with God's strength, with God's strength I'll, win. I'll win. Let's pray and ask God to bless his word. Oh, wait, we've got one more verse. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, verse 14. Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist. And that's what we're going to talk about today. But let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your word. Lord, we ask, Lord, that you would illuminate these scriptures to us for your glory, for your honor. And in these next few moments, God, I pray that the truth of your word would challenge us, that it would uh, sharpen us, and Lord, that it would protect us as well. Lord, we ask this in Jesus' name, and all God's people said, amen. You can be seated this morning. You know, we talk about this belt of truth in verse 14, and last week we mentioned that Paul most likely wrote this while he was chained to a Roman soldier, and he's writing these words, and he's saying, finally, be strong in the Lord, and then he he looks at the soldier with all this gear on and he starts to relate the different pieces of the armor to our spiritual battle. And it's interesting that he starts with a belt of truth. And when I was thinking about this, I said, well, what is truth? The word in Greek is uh, aletheia. And what's interesting is I thought about truth. I know what the opposite of truth is. What's the opposite of truth? A lie, right? And we know last week that Satan is the father of lies, and even a half lie or a white lie is a lie. I remember 
when I was a teenager, I was on a youth trip, and I learned this lesson that a white lie or a half-truth is still a lie. I may have told this story before, but we were, it was around the 4th of July, and the reason I was thinking about it is because this week, and actually Logan and I was mentioned at the dinner table, we had learned how to make these bombs. Uh, and I, I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> Relatively safe, but extremely fun and extremely loud. And we took the ingredients necessary on a youth trip, and we were staying in a hotel. And off the balcony of this hotel, we would make these bombs and then throw them. <laughs> and big booms would incur, all right? And I mean, how many have heard more big booms this year with the, you know, it's crazy. But anyway, so we're doing this, and the next thing you know, the cops show up at the hotel, knocking on the doors, and our youth pastor knocks on our door, and we scramble, and we put all the ingredients up our shorts and under our shirts, and we're sitting on the bed. I mean, we're teenagers here. Give us some grace here. And, uh, and they come in, and they ask the question, they say, who has the fireworks? Did we have fireworks? No. no. <laughs> and so we, the three of us, we're sitting there on the bed, literally, I think, you know, up our shirt, in my shorts, saying, no, we don't have any fireworks. Honest. We promise. No, we didn't have the TV on. <laughs> and they walked out and went to the next room, and they told on us, they came back and said, who has the bombs? And we were, <laughs> we were busted. And I remember not only being busted on the trip, but being busted at home because a half-truth is still a what? A lie. Get that off my chest. Well, the devil, he's full of lies. And he will come into your life and say, well, it's okay to sleep around or to, to sleep with your uh, partner before you're married if you love them. Or the devil will come in and he'll say, it's okay to cheat on your taxes. It's not a big deal. Or it's not a bald-faced lie or it's not that important. It's just a white lie. And he will come in and he'll trick us. And what Satan does, he attacks our character and our integrity. And I want to say, it's a lie. It's a lie. It's a lie. And we are all susceptible to it. And the result is, is if we lie, God's blessing and his favor is lifted from us. And the result is that we will live a life of hurt and of pain if we live in those lies. So what is truth? I love what John 14, 6 says. And I was thinking about this and saying, okay, God, show me in Scripture. You know, what is truth? John 14, 6 says, I am the way. This is Jesus talking. I am the truth and I am the life. So I was thinking about it. Put on the full armor of God. Put on the belt of truth. We need to put on Jesus. How's that sound? We'd be like Superman. There'd be, if, we put on super, if we put on Jesus, we wouldn't need a shield or a sword or any boots on or anything or a breastplate. We wouldn't need any of that. And so I, I said, well, that can't be it. And so I started to dig a little deeper. And as we look at this, that what does it mean to put on the belt of truth? There's really a more complete look that the belt of truth is really an attitude of truth to be prepared for battle. Let me explain. A soldier's belt, a Roman soldier's belt, was used 
to hold stuff in. Not a whole lot unlike our belts that we use. Sometimes we got to hold stuff in. But what it did, it, it, they would wear these longer garments and they would use the belt to hold up so they'd be ready for battle, to get the distractions out of the way. The old term is to gird up the loins. You ever heard of that? I just don't know what that means. But, um, <laughs> but we're to gird up our loins, to put on a mindset or an attitude of readiness. The belt actually holds together the whole idea of the armor of God. And so last week we said we are to stand firm, and this week we've got to be ready. And when we look at what the, the, uh, the belt represents, we've got to be ready. See, the devil's schemes, he'll say, well, it's not that big of a deal to not be in God's word or you know, to, to do it just a, a bare minimum. Or you say, well, it's not a big deal not to live by faith. And we talked about faith a little bit already this morning. Or it's not a big deal, uh, you know, the entertainment that you're enjoying. It's just entertainment. It really won't affect you. The devil will put doubt or he'll make you second guess. He'll say, do you really think whatever the case? Oh, they're just images, right? No. We want to put on a belt of truth to be ready to see things for what they really are. To say, I'm ready, I'm girded with truth because we are in a battle. And because we're in a battle, we must be prepared. And the fact is, God wants us to win. He doesn't want us to struggle. He wants our family and our friends to win, our finance, in our finances and in our health. He wants to pour out blessings and favor into our lives. And you say, okay, that sounds good. How does that happen? Well, you put on a belt of truth, a belt of readiness. And today, whether you know it or not, whether you've signed up or not, you are on one of two sides, and we talked about this last week a little bit. Either you're on the side of light or on the side of darkness. Either on the good side or you're on the evil side. Even if you're unaware of where you stand, you're on one side or the other. And if you're on the side of darkness or evil, the fact is, is that if there's sin, Romans 3.23 says, for the wages of sin is what? Death. And if we are in death, or in darkness, or on the evil side, we need to leave that darkness and come to the light. And we call that salvation. And that's the first step. But once we've received salvation, and we're going to give you an opportunity, if you don't know the Lord this morning, to receive Christ. But once you receive salvation, and God has cleansed your heart, He's made your heart white as snow, then you've got to be prepared. I was thinking about what kind of things we prepare for in life. I've been over George and Linda's, and uh, they've had us over for dinner. And let me tell you, it takes some preparation to put on the feast that Linda and George do, to create a meal. In fact, we had a first day and, uh, on uh, Friday night. We came home, and we're like, hey, we, we had some pork chops out, and we realized that we didn't have anything else. Jessica thought, oh, we'll get some green beans from the garden. And, and uh, we had a, one of Reagan's friends over. And we, there was only a small handful of green beans, not enough for five people. And we're like, we don't have anything else to go with this. We could make mashed potatoes, but that'll take an hour. Like, forget it. And what do we do? 
pizza. <laughs> you can't go wrong with pizza, but it takes some preparation to create a great meal. It takes some preparation for a job. Many of you have had lots of training and continued education to be able to perform at a, at a high level in your work or at school. We prepare for retirement. We prepare for a vacation. I've been camping a lot this summer with Logan, and it takes a lot of preparation to get out the door and to relax. And I'm thinking, if we prepare for all these things in our life, why don't we prepare spiritually? Spiritual readiness is all about facing the truth in our lives. If you are ready, if you are prepared, you are more likely to succeed in all areas of your life, including spiritually. If you know where you are vulnerable, where you struggle, then you can create some checks and balances in your life that will help you. I've got a friend, uh, he's a counselor, um, that has encouraged me at different times. He calls it working upstream. Have you ever heard that, Matt? You kind of work upstream, that if you know something's coming down and something that's going to cause trouble in your life, work upstream to kind of nip those things in the bud, to work upstream. You know, I was thinking about it. It's crazy if you were to live in South Florida and not prepare for hurricanes, Right? My parents have lived down there for 10 years or something like that, and they've had several hurricanes. They put up their hurricane shutters, and their houses were built to withstand hurricanes. It's pretty cool. But storms are coming in South Florida. They know that. And the reality is that in our lives, we are going to come up against some opposition, some storms in our lives. And so we need to be ready. We must take a painful, truthful look at ourselves, questioning our character flaws, saying, God, where do I struggle? Where am I weak? And the fact is, is most of us don't have to look very far to find some things in our lives that need some attention. Am I, is that true? It doesn't take very, you don't have to look very far. You say, God, help me to see what's coming. Show me the truth about myself so I can face whatever comes my way. We are not called just to stick our, hand, our heads in the sand and just let the world happen around us. We are called to face the truth because opposition comes. When you raise kids, there is opposition. And I want to say that there, it is important for parents, and I'm talking to myself and every parent here, young and old, that we need to be involved in our kids' lives. We need to know who our kids' friends are. We need to help our kids spend money. We need to know what kind of music they're listening to or what else they can access online, whether it's a portable device or on the computer. We need to be ready. We need to face the truth, the reality in our family to be able to win. You need to get involved with your finances. You need to understand to create a budget and then to communicate if you're in a relationship. You need to get involved 
with the business deals, not just to let things happen around you. You need to be ready. We need to put on a belt of truth in our lives because the enemy loves to deceive us. He loved nothing more than for us to walk around unaware. He would love nothing more for us to not know the truth. He would love nothing more than for you and for me to be lazy. Or he would love to wear us out where we're just like, forget it. Whatever happens, happens. And you know what he would love to do? He'd love to fill your life with fear. And what fear does, it paralyzes us. And we've got to be careful. I'm not sure if you've ever seen the movie, The Mighty Ducks. It's a hockey movie. It's kind of a kid's movie, but it's got some language in it, so I'm not recommending it, really. But uh, there's a little clip in it that they had to create a goalie for this hockey team. And no one wanted to be the goalie. But Goldberg kind of gets chosen. He's the biggest guy. And he's like freaking out, and he's saying, this is, I'm going to die, I'm not going to make it to my bar mitzvah. And uh, they put all the pads on him and strap him to a goal post. Well, let's look at the clip here, and let's ch- take some uh, cues from this nice movie clip. really very cute, but what are you going to work with me and Gold? Goldberg, do you trust me? My mother would not approve of this, Coach. She'd like me to live to be bar mitzvah. This is your bar mitzvah, Goldberg. Today you will become a man. Coach, I think you got the ceremonies mixed up. Coach, will you come back here? Whatever do you, man. District 5, ready! Oh, man, I'm gonna die. I'm gonna die. Hey! Oh, guys, what you Next you a Goldie. Oh, please, no. Fire! <laughs> Isn't that great? Isn't that great? He's totally paralyzed, full of fear, but he puts on the right armor, the right protection, and it didn't matter what was sent his way. He had confidence. And we can have confidence. And God wants us to live in confidence. God wants us to be girded up, to be ready to stand firm. And you know what's great about God's word? It's not just one time in scripture that God says to stand firm. I pulled out a few other scriptures, and I want to just kind of flip and look at these uh, real quickly. In uh, 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 17, it talks about standing firm, being on guard. It says, therefore, dear friends, he's ending, uh, uh, Peter is, uh, listen to what it says. It says, since you already know this, be on your guard so that you may not be carried away by the error of lawless men and fall from your secure position. 
In 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 9, I read that a little earlier, and we read the first part uh, in verse 8, that the devil's out to get us. He's a roaring lion seeking for someone to devour. But then it says, resist him, standing firm in faith. And that's exactly what we've got to do. We've got to stand firm, not knowing the outcome, but trusting God in the process. In 1 Corinthians chapter uh, 15, look what it says here. First 15, or chapter 15, verse 58 says, Therefore, my dear brothers, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. We stand firm with the belt of truth. We are ready. And God, He wants you He wants me to be confident, to be ready to face whatever the enemy sends our way. That's the word of God for us today. As I close this morning, there's an area of our lives that we need to be ready. In Mark chapter 13, verse 33, we see that when it talks about the end days, that we are to be ready as well. In verse 33, it says this, Be on guard, be alert. You do not know when the time will come. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 6, it says something very similar. It says, So then let us not be like others who are asleep, but let us be alert and self-controlled. We are to be on guard. We're to be ready. And what that relates to is our relationship with the Lord. And if you're here this morning and you don't know for certain that you are ready to face Jesus, if he was to return today and rapture us home, which is a promise, he's going to do that. If you don't know for sure that you're a believer, be ready. Salvation is a free gift offered to you and to me to take, to take hold of. And there's nothing more important this morning or this weekend or in your lifetime than understanding your place with God. So if you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus, could I encourage you to surrender your heart to him, to let him come in, to clean you up, We know that the wages of sin is death, Romans 3.23. We also know that when we confess our sin, the Bible says he's faithful and just to forgive us, to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And what that, it's just a fancy way of saying that if you ask Jesus to forgive you, he will forgive you. And it says in God's word that he will take your sin as far as the east is from the west. He forgets it. He's like, what sin? All those things I did wrong when I was a kid, they're all forgiven. All the things I did wrong last week, (laughs) they're forgiven. You're forgiven no matter what. There's nothing that'll keep you from the love of Jesus. So this morning, if you're in that place saying, boy, I need that forgiveness, would you just be honest and just raise your hand? I want to pray for you. I'm not going to embarrass you this morning. Yeah, a couple hands, sure. Anyone else saying, yeah, that's me. Yeah, thanks. Good, I see it. (laughs) 
myself saying, yep, I need that forgiveness in my life. We want to encourage, there's three or four individuals that raise their hands over here. Let's close our eyes. Let's bow our heads. I want to lead you in a miracle prayer. It's not the words of the prayer that will save you, but it's the meaning those words in your heart. And whether you've done this before or just need to rededicate, would you say these words after me? Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I'm sorry for the things I've done, for the sin in my life. Please forgive me. Take away my sin. Make my heart clean. I believe in you, that you died on the cross, and that you rose again. And I put my faith in you. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Isn't that awesome? So we've got the opportunity at any moment to call on the name of Jesus. When we call on his name, we're saved. Isn't that awesome? Boy, what a privilege. But I want to talk to you about two things as we close here. Once you're saved, we talked about last week that really that's when the enemy really gets angry and many times starts to attack. In fact, if you haven't been attacked or have felt under pressure in a long time, uh, like John Lindell said last week, we, we quoted him, he says, maybe you're AWOL, you're out of commission and you're in more danger than what you even realize. But once you are a believer, the encouragement is to be ready, to be aware, and to be ready personally, to understand where in your life, and where in my life, where we are vulnerable. And again, like I said a few minutes ago, it doesn't take all that much digging to understand where we're vulnerable. We need to work upstream to tell the truth about ourselves. And if we struggle in a certain area, we need to get some checks and balances in place to help us in those areas. I need that. We all need that. We cannot afford to live our Christian life cavalier. We need God's help and His strength to help us. Because the truth is, is there are awesome opportunities in front of us, but then there will be opposition as well. And so I want us to consider our own lives, each of us. Can you identify areas in your life where you, there's some vulnerability, some temptation, where you're more susceptible to sin in your life? We need to surrender those things to Jesus and ask for his help that? We all need that. But then there's a second component. For us to raise our families without fear, we need to be involved with our kids. We need to be involved in our finances. We need to be involved with our health and to understand what lies before us. And maybe this morning, the challenge for you is to dig a little deeper relationship with your kids, to understand maybe what they're facing, what they're going through. And I believe that God, He gives us grace right where we need it most. 
I'm just wondering as we close and I want to pray for, for you. If you're here this morning, you're saying, God, I need your grace in areas of vulnerability in my life. Would you just slip up your hand right where you are and just be honest for a moment? Yeah. Yeah. Me too. I need God's grace. Yeah. And then how about as you deal with those that are closest to you, you need God's grace to help you as you face some of the things that are before you as a family or in your work or in those things. Yeah. We need to put on, strap on a belt of truth awareness, a readiness to be able to fight the battle that is before us. I want you to stand this morning. I want to pray for you. And at the conclusion of the prayer, if you need prayer specific and would like to be anointed with oil for healing or if, you, if you're struggling in an area, you're saying, hey, I, I just need some extra prayer, I just want to encourage you that these altars are open. We'll stay as long as you need go, we understand that as well. But don't face this life cavalier. Just whatever happens, happens. Get some checks and balances. Get involved. And God will bless you for it. Lord, I pray for each person here today. Lord, that no matter what we may be facing, Lord, you understand the intricate details of our lives. Nothing takes you by surprise. And Lord, we just stand before you as your people saying, God, we need your grace to abound in our lives. Help us to be ready. Help us to gird up our loins. Help us to gird ourselves in the truth, to face the reality of our own circumstances and the circumstances around us. Lord, you have not called us to put our head in the sand and just to let the world go by. But Lord, you've called us to stand firm. And Lord, I pray that you would help us to do just that. And Lord, I pray that you would go before us, behind us, and all around us. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. If you need prayer this morning, that you don't just bolt out of here, but come and let's spend some time praying. If you need to leave, if you'd leave quietly, reserve your talking until you get into the uh, lobby, we'd appreciate it. But go in the grace of God, knowing that God is with you. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Amen? And we are more than conquerors with Jesus. I believe it. God bless you as you go. And if you need prayer, come. And we'd love to, to pray with you this morning.